0: get into the next one angry inch this is the cover cover of the song from hedwig and the angry inch the rare sped up typo negative cover
1: (laughs) yeah oh my god i never thought of it that way you're right So this is interesting, actually, especially that it's on this album, right?
0: (laughs) Yeah, just a a stone's throw away from my, like, Goyles. (laughs) Yeah. And what I think
1: is really interesting is, like, because this seems to be him when you look at some of the other songs. It does feel like Peter kind of emotionally bottoming out. And with this song, I mean, it's a pretty straight ahead cover, but it's a very surprisingly empathetic uh, cover Uh, That according to Peter was about the understanding the same feeling, similar feelings of like rage and displacement he felt from having a (laughs) micropenis. He didn't read all the lyrics when he first recorded it. (laughs) He kind of didn't understand what that whole middle like talking section was about.
0: (laughs) Uh,
1: um, I guess I'll just read it sounds funny, you know. (laughs) Don't know what it has to do with anything else.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I don't. I don't know. It's a. It's definitely an interesting choice. It kind of feels like an afterthought, maybe, but it, it's still like I don't know. It's definitely out of the box, you know. But
1: yeah, it is just funny though because the the real story, of course, like as I've seen that movie like a handful of times and everything, yeah. and it it seems like a big glam pastiche, like a very Bowie T Rex kind of thing. And it yeah. is a person who their you know sex reassignment surgery uh goes horribly wrong, and they're kind of left in this, you know, with an angry inch, so to speak, as the song says. Yeah. But it's kind of about this idea of feeling like you're displaced as two separate entities within one person, and the idea of trying to become whole again is what the movie's about. And so it's kind of interesting, because I wonder... Because I remember seeing it around the time this album came out, actually. I saw it in 2003. <sighs> and so I have to wonder, what made this song come across his radar, and that his immediate reaction was just, hey, that's pretty cool. Because you'd think from earlier stuff... Uh, earlier records or even on this one, I like, like coils and stuff. You would assume he would instantly have like an immediate revulsion to it as opposed to like an immediate understanding. Yeah. Cause this doesn't feel like he's taking the piss out of anything. I mean, they are always tongue in cheek or anything, but it feels pretty straightforward.
0: Yeah. He does. I I mean, he, he doesn't change any of the lyrics. So you get to hear Peter go, my mother made my tits out of clay. My boyfriend said that he would take me away. Yeah. <laughs> I, love, I, love, I just love hearing Peter say, "My boyfriend said that he would take me away." Like, I'm just like a guy like Peter. He doesn't need a boyfriend to take him away. Look at him. Yeah. <laughs> if anything,
1: he should be taking his boyfriend away. Yeah, exactly. He just he...
0: just just carried him like Frankenstein. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> exactly. Um, did you? No, but it's pretty good. Did you notice that that opening feedback squall just sounds? Like it could have been sampled from I Don't Wanna Be Me. Like the <laughs> like the feedback at the very beginning of both. It's like it's almost exactly the same sounding. <laughs> like the, I think the first time I listened to this. I thought I had reached the end of the album and it was like going to be a different version of I don't want to be me.
1: <laughs> like some weird remix version yeah. a Renholder mix. <laughs> yeah. Um, actually, I never thought of it that way. But what I did think about in terms of that song and I like Goyles is that I feel like the three of these feel slightly interchangeable a little bit. Like they're all great, but they all have the same kind of like tempo and kind of like pretty simple feel in all three of them. <laughs> Yeah. Like like a similar drum pattern in all of them it feels like, you know.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's definitely I I I feel like this album is maybe a little too long. There's just too much stuff on it. That might be my one criticism of it overall is that it's just it's maybe a little overly long. It it's not that it necessarily drags at all in any in any place, but especially once you get the third like sort of jokey hardcore song in a row. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Yeah.
1: (laughs) Go ahead. So if you had to pare it down, like this would probably be one of the easiest things to go.
0: Yeah. It feels like, you know, they had to have a cover on here. Like every album has a a cover song. And this was the prerequisite cover was angry inch. Not that it's a bad song at all. Like I, it's very enjoyable. I think I even like at times, I, I don't know, I it's it's just hard to say what which one I would take off because all three of them sound very similar. I want to say you take off. I like Goyle's just to, uh, you know,
1: just not to have
0: to talk about that one, but <laughs> just, just to
1: make things a little easier. Like, can we just all move on past this? OK,
0: <laughs> but it would probably be this one.
1: Yeah, I kinda know what you mean. And I think it is it also suffers from the fact that this is the third one of these on the record. So you would feel a sense of fatigue maybe setting in. You're like, another one of these songs, you know? Whereas right. if this was the first one you heard up there up front, it would probably sound better if it was front loaded with this. But yeah, by yeah. by the third time you hear this, you're like, oh god damn it, you know? And it yeah. doesn't really feel like it does any of their major strengths, it's just everyone's playing great. And it's, but it's nothing goes like beyond, the uh, nothing goes to the 10 level.
0: Right. Like the, you know, I don't want to be me as that really sweet little guitar lead in it. Yeah. That, <laughs> that makes it stand out. Um, I like Goyles has just the, <laughs> the lyrics, <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, that's just my favorite part My favorite of any part. record, <laughs> of any album of theirs. <laughs> to be honest, I kind of find the rest drag. I couldn't wait to get to this song.
0: Yeah, it's definitely Peter's best moment as a lyricist. <laughs> when he said, uh, yeah. I'm flattered that you think I'm cute, but I don't deal well with compacted poop. Um... <laughs> I like
1: the idea that his understanding of gay sex is about, maybe about as good as Adam Carolla's.
0: All <laughs> right, It's like, usually they, you know, they get rid of that stuff. Like, yeah. <laughs> Just
1: imagining Peter on Loveline. <laughs> Here's what you're going to do.
0: You know? your, dicks, like your, dicks gonna be, your dick's going to be touching poop, buddy. You don't want to try that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: I can kind of see him saying that actually. If you got you know, like the, late nineties, Peter, <laughs>
0: The hole in your dick's going to get clogged with poop. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You're
1: going to be going from there, you know? One and two. <laughs> oh,
0: fuck. But, uh,
1: hey, it, it, and, uh, how sad to think that Dr. Drew would probably be maybe the worst person he's been with, but it wouldn't be the worst host he's, he would have been paired with. <laughs> <laughs> Steven Weber. <laughs>
0: Alright, so next up we have Anesthesia. According to Kenny,
1: <laughs> yeah, the only good song. Yes, he, he, he's not wrong in the sense that it is definitely like a very high point on the album.
0: Yeah, this but, is a—it's one of their signature songs. Like you'll see this on lists of their best songs, or you know, or good tracks to get started with. People throw that on those lists too. Um, this
1: this would be a good introduction track. Like if you like this, you'll basically dig them as a band.
0: Yeah, does it plays to all their strengths pretty much? <laughs> I love that op- the like the quiet opening bass, and then everyone just comes in, and you get those like the like Josh's like super dramatic <laughs> piano keys. I love it yeah. so much. Josh is doing a lot of cool shit on this song.
1: Yeah, the, the, those piano keys. It's very. Uh... What I mean by meatloaf is I just mean in the sense of it being very dramatic. <laughs> yes, you
0: know? yeah. It's it's dramatic. He like he like Peter's voice obviously is a big part of the like gothic tinged atmosphere, but Josh's keys too, and not just when he's doing like the Dracula harpsichord stuff. Like stuff like this, just like it lends such an atmosphere to to all the proceedings, so to yeah. speak.
1: <laughs> yeah. I was kind of thinking how funny it would be if most of this album actually turned out to just be, like, between this and Life is Killing Me and everything else. And and even I like girls to a certain extent, is all of this was just based on the fact that Peter had to have his first ever colonoscopy. <laughs> and so he was just him getting really pissed off at doctors. They're all a bunch. It's all a scam, you know? Like, how did your appointment go? I don't want to talk about it. I like boils, okay? You know? It's just... They had to ram the old, bigger camera back, back then. They had to jam that thing all the way up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it had, it had, like, a DAT tape in there. <laughs> you could
0: hear Yeah, we whirring. also... Yeah, I've... You know, I had no promises, but I might have a lead on getting that footage for the Pot is Killing Me <laughs> vault, actually, so... <laughs>
1: Peter's colonoscopy. <laughs> yeah,
0: that'll be a, a bonus for the Patreon subscribers. The origin of the feces, the movie. <laughs> <laughs> yes, just so imagine that. Uh, yeah, imagine that. That cover, but in virtual reality. Yeah, you have yeah, to wear one of those stupid it,
1: Apple headsets. Yeah,
0: I was gonna say. Yeah, it's gonna be. It's gonna launch with the new Apple headset. <laughs> <laughs> It'll be narrated by Richard
1: Attenborough we see the polyps on the north side
0: only in only in the UK and here in the US it's going to be narrated by Sigourney Weaver (laughs) like planet
1: Earth (laughs) (laughs) Hey, I I wouldn't mind that (laughs) It's just called origin of the feces the movie
0: (laughs) yeah Exactly. Oh my god, that's fucking great. Um, well, yeah, this anesthesia is so fucking good. Um, I love the transition around like 3 minutes and 20 seconds.
1: Yes, all those layers, all just kind of... The song. That's when the song gets tall. Not wide, but like, like it grows higher and higher with stuff. Yeah. You know?
0: It's not like it's not that it sounds like hopeful but it's it sounds like lighter than what comes before it a little bit with that do 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 thing um yeah it's so oh, i agree with you
1: on this because yeah. this song and a co- and a couple of others on here i would say this has the exact same issue shouldn't say not issue actually but the same kind of similar thing i saw with um The Cure where The Cure had disintegration and everyone kind of understands this was them self-consciously being like hey we're gonna bring back the extra doomy goth sounds of like faith and pornography but like coupled with like the stadium sensibilities of the later records and so every song is this glacial icy very lush but very like It wouldn't be Doom because there's no metal whatsoever to The Cure, but a song like Prayers for Rain or something is very bleak sounding, but it's very layered and stuff. And then the album Wish kind of gets pegged as much happier. It has Friday I'm in Love, and the uh, other first single was called High, and it's very sweet sounding. And it has a more what you would call like an alternative guitar of like 92 sound, like a generic like kind of guitar sound. And so everyone kind of thinks of... Disintegration is the extremely doomy album. And then Wish is like, well, it picks up here. And it's kind of like, yeah, if you really look at the rest of it, though, it's just as bleak sound, like in terms of like content as Wish or as Disintegration, it just doesn't sound like it. Musically, it lifts up a lot more. And so it kind of disguises the fact that like these songs are every bit as bleak sound, bleak as the previous album. And I think (laughs) coming after World Coming Down, where everything felt like uh like you had bottomed out in your depression, this one oddly is layered in such a way that half the time it feels like there is a song's moving up a bit when it when lyrically it's definitely not,
0: <laughs> yeah it's like I mean the they the lyrics always have like a little bit of humor to them, but they're they're bleak.
1: well yeah like even just that like i don't need love that scream he does for that is so fucking good yeah like god that's so that sounds so amazing god he was such a he had such a good voice for that
0: yeah yeah he really he he had a a knack for writing lyrics that were um i guess like fairly universally relatable but he's like you could tell that they were person very personal to him um
1: yeah when your heart's broken and you're 6 foot 10 you know just like <laughs> sounds like you so just relatable. possibly yeah. yeah i love how relatable he is you know yeah. <laughs> um yeah. when you lose your world and you're in Playgirl, you know <laughs>
0: <laughs> when your dick is huge yeah <laughs> and you've got a lot to lose <laughs> 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 With that lyric, oh, you God. can just hear
1: Kenny going, uh Peter," and Peter p- picking him up, and you just carrying him into the booth. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> while well, you fucking sing it, huh? <laughs> I'm gonna watch you sing it.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's not that like specific, like lyrical, like li- lines are relatable no, necessarily. No. It's more just like the themes, you know.
1: Well, oh, yeah, I, I also understand what it's yeah. like to deal with trying to shoo people away, you know, because I also don't want to deal with compacted poop.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, well, every man can relate to I like <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> you were taught to, you know.
1: That's what our fathers were supposed to do for us. I can't
0: help it. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Listen, you like fucking girls, all right? <laughs> You're my son. <laughs> it's...
0: yeah, um, we do get some sitar in this too at the ver at at the end during the I don't feel anything part. It's like super buried, but I'm obligated to mention it,
1: yes, definitely. Uh, it's a fantastic song. Uh, the way it goes out at the end, that piano, I don't know if we're going to get to that part yet, but just the, the slow fade out with that is just like, it's so yeah. dramatic, right? Like they really have uh they really have a penchant for like really having to deliver the goods when it comes to being dramatic with that. So <laughs> yeah. like they're like their theatricalities out of 10 on this record.
0: Yeah. And then that goes into drunken Paris. It's a little, it's a sort of a filler interlude. I thought the accordion here is synthesized. It sounds kind of chintzy to me, but for some reason on the typo negative fandom page, it says Peter Steele played the accordion. What the hell? Well, wait a second. Find, is, is it, I couldn't is find any... <laughs> yeah.
1: Holy shit. That can make sense, right? He could be like, um, you know...
0: Yeah, I it couldn't play, find any can... citation for that. He's I saw a like
1: Catholic. That makes sense.
0: <laughs> I saw that they on the Wikipedia it says that he played keyboards on this album too. Like he also played keys at some on certain songs, but
1: move Josh.
0: <laughs> so <laughs> he just like knocks him out of the way. I was just
1: going to say, the the opening with the piano feels like something from, like, the video game Rondo of Blood for the TurboGrafx-16. <laughs> <Graphic 16. laughs> like a cast... Like like the pre-boss music before you go in to fight the boss. <laughs> and the, the Drunken Paris Paris uh, was initially from Rugrats in Paris. <laughs> 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 you know, where, where Peter then wrote that, uh, apparently, about the hated Angelica. So... <laughs> just Tommy pickles drawn with super long black hair (laughs) god can you imagine what how hideous peter would look in that animation
0: style jesus christ (laughs) picture picture how like ghoulish he looks in the black number one video (laughs) yeah now
1: rug rat him up (laughs) <laughs> we could make him one of stew's friends <laughs> make him a cousin he'd be peter pickles
0: <laughs> um <laughs> oh jesus yeah, christ i mean so i thought this yeah i thought the accordion was synthesized but i love the fact that like fandom just has like possibly complete bullshit on it like that. It's just this Peter Steele vocals, bass guitar, accordion. And I just like yeah. pictured him it's... like holding this tiny ass accordion. <laughs> like it just looks minuscule in his hands. It looks like a toy.
1: <laughs> oh my God. That is so fucking funny. I'd like, I like to find like, like also just see it say ocarina or something else. It's like an instrument where you're like, when did he play that?
0: The piccolo. Also, <laughs> yeah,
1: citation needed,
0: please. <laughs> remember I when Peter remember when Peter played the trombone? <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. He played the tuba and a lot of other songs.
0: <laughs> um yeah, I mean this for me this song is like maybe another throwaway song. Like it's it's not long enough to be bothersome. I never like bother to skip it. It's like has a, you know, decent atmosphere to it, but it's just kinda just kinda there for me.
1: Uh, so uh, do you ever did you hear the loud and queer version of it?
0: Yeah, yeah, I did. I wanna we need to that's something we didn't mention because uh didn't know about it. <laughs> but uh, yeah. there's uh just basically a completely different mix of this album. Like the the I guess you'd say like the pre release mix huh. that has Apparently the keyboards are louder, um, and some of the song titles are different. <laughs>
1: uh, <laughs> I Like Goyles is originally called I Like Guys. <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's how, like, 13 is called Uncle Freddy Died on that one for some reason. Um, oh,
1: man. Yeah, rest in peace, Uncle Freddy and the Great White Fire. <laughs>
0: Um. Yeah. Dr- anything? Uh, anything on Drunken Paris?
1: Uh, probably not. Honestly, I think we're pretty good on that.
0: Yeah. Like we and... like
1: 11 minutes to talk about like a 58 second <laughs> instrumental.
0: All right. So next up, we have the big finale. The dream is dead. I mentioned on the first episode, was originally the title track, but I fucking love this song. Me too. Very, very Beatles-esque.
1: So this is, uh, I always jokingly said this is Typo's answer to, like thematically, their answer to the song Gave Up by Nine Inch Nails. (laughs) 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 This does feel like a big waving of a white flag, at least like emotionally. (laughs) For a lot yeah, of them, I mean, the fact that even Josh was like, yeah, I think I'm going to be an EMT. You know? <laughs> like, this yeah. is around the era that would begin. So, like, there is an element of, yeah, I, I think I see which way this ship is turning, you know?
0: Right. Yeah. I mean, it's ostensibly about, you know, a woman, but it, it works as also a metaphor for their place in the music business.
1: <laughs> yeah, and it's a un- very un- it's, it's so unfortunate. The that little opening riff, kind of you think it's gonna be like you think it's gonna be a different kind of song at first. Like that opening riff feels at home on like World Coming Down. Like first thirty seconds or so, then everything kicks in with it. And um, like you said, it has almost like that sit- sitar sound going with it or something. And uh, I thought like once the song kicks in, I thought it kind of reminded me of Less Than Zero because like it was a good point on calling uh the Beatles sound. Yeah, I definitely noticed that.
0: Yeah, I, I lo- I just, I love Peter's vocal performance on this one. It's yeah. just, I heartbroken and lovelorn. Pete is like my favorite version of him, maybe. Yeah, I always um, wanted to make sure he was
1: permanently sad, just for my songs.
0: Me too. Yeah. <laughs>
1: like if something good happened, I would have gone back in time and just messed everything up, just to keep him making songs I like. <laughs>
0: yeah i would have gotten elizabeth to a breakup with him a lot earlier the hated elizabeth
1: yeah (laughs) yeah we would have and then i would have made her take him back right before he got over her just so she could do it again and again and again
0: yeah i definitely would have had her string him along a lot longer for years use his money oh yeah yeah absolutely oh yeah
1: (laughs) and trust me his whole family would have been dying in all kinds of ways (laughs) had I said had I saved Peter's life going back in time he would have been able to watch them all in that submarine right now
0: (laughs) yeah unfortunately I heard Peter's we did get just get word in that Peter's remaining family members were on board the submarine that is lost (laughs) beneath the ocean so prayers up
1: prayers up to Peter's the remainder of Peter's extended family hopefully the Dreamcast controller turns back on the Dreamcast (laughs) controller is dead (laughs) Did you just come up with that? Yeah, just right now. That's great. <laughs> That's what someone says that the guy piloting it, he just sees sharks going by or something, or an octopus. <laughs> he just looks and goes, "The Dreamcast controller is dead," <laughs> and then it just goes,
0: boom, and it just caves in abruptly. Jesus Christ!
1: <laughs> oh. I still think it'd be funny to try to rescue it with a couple of rockets to shoot it right up and it just goes right out the water and straight into space.
0: You know, I hate to see him go. (laughs) (laughs) I know it must be so. (laughs) Um. Oh, fuck. That's killing me, man.
1: (laughs) The Dreamcast controller is dead. (laughs)
0: Another compressor, Moraine. I don't know. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just
1: picturing a mangled controller with like a virtual fighter character on the side, found in the wreckage like a thousand years from now. <laughs> What's this? What's this doing down here?
0: Into the water's so cold that it's preserved.
1: Yeah, everybody is. It's like, yeah. oh, look it. You could tell these people were clearly extended Polish family members of somebody. <laughs> <laughs>
0: They're all over six five. Interesting. Like <laughs> Jesus all, all, all of Peter's family was that yeah. tall.
1: This <laughs> fucking so house of giants. Yeah,
0: they had. Actually, they they actually had like they, their house was uh, sort of a tourist attraction because all the doorways and everything was so were so high. <laughs>
1: yeah, they all had like nine foot doors. Really yeah.
0: high ceilings. The door handles were all like five. <laughs> five and a half feet off the ground
1: as, as adults we're like reaching up to turn knobs like we're like we're
0: toddlers the chairs are all like four feet off the ground you
1: have to climb up them like ladders you lean back in one
0: and you fall and just crack your head that's it
1: you're so high up off the floor
0: oh man but this yeah anyway the dream is (laughs) dead
1: you need to get hoisted up to you need to get hoisted to sit up on a couch (laughs) i'd hate to see what their toilets were like oh yeah so anyway back to where Um, we were because after all that's cut so
0: yeah we get some fast like double bass drum work here which you don't often get from them uh it's, kinda
1: cool. it's kind of cool. Kind of in a, it's a, it's kind of in spurts too. Yeah. Doesn't, it doesn't last long or a whole segment. It just kind of does a quick like little mm-hmm. roll there.
0: Yeah, it's sort of like just accenting the parts a little bit. Uh, I love Kenny's wah pedal here. That wow, 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 wow. Yeah, I love that. <laughs> There's, like, spacey guitar lead and very good uh, Josh, once again, adding so many great little, like, synth flourishes that really, really add a lot to the atmosphere.
1: I think especially, um, where, like, after the three-minute mark or whatever, there's, like, this great, like, wah, 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 kind of noise going on there. It sounds fucking amazing. Yeah. Uh, in the song. And, and the thing that's funny to me is the whole thing's so beautiful and everything, and it goes so... This is maybe the most counterintuitive example uh like meaning of like where the music and the lyrics seem to like like just go opposite directions because lyrically he's this is a pretty bleak song for them yet again and yet yeah. it sounds somehow triumphant. It feels like one of those things like 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 a positive ending. It feels like a like the ending of a movie where you're like, they did it, you know? Instead, yeah. Yeah, they they yeah. did it. No, they, the dream is dead. <laughs> yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, we got him.
0: <laughs> it's about, um, it's actually about defeating Freddy Krueger finally. <laughs> the dream is dead.
1: That would have worked. So- Why didn't they use that for Freddy versus Jason? <laughs>
0: yeah that's a much better song what the fuck <laughs>
1: yeah i was like oh they put a song in there which one
0: why <laughs> yeah but i i need to rewatch that movie i actually have that on dvd for some fucking reason i don't know why but I'd, i i want to rewatch the... it and see where because i'm pretty sure it is played briefly in the movie like you hear it coming out of a stereo or something
1: uh i was thinking uh you should put a insert a clip from the movie I was thinking of Kelly Rowland's dialogue. (laughs) Yeah.
0: No, that's for I like Goyles. (laughs) Yeah. We'll we'll
1: throw that in back there. Yeah.
0: She, I can't remember if we mentioned that she infamously, uh, supposedly ad-libbed a line where she called, she called (laughs) Jason or no, it was Freddie. She calls Freddie. She calls Freddie the, uh, the F slur, which I'm sure Peter is no stranger to.
1: (laughs) Well, I can only imagine what slur she would have called Leatherface if he was in the movie. (laughs) I could think of a couple. (laughs) And none of them overlap.
0: (laughs) There's a reason why she isn't the the famous Destiny's Child person anymore. Because Beyonce joined the Illuminati. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) They are Freemasons, though. But anyway, let's uh, continue on with this. <laughs> Some, somebody told him.
1: I couldn't say anything more than that. But uh, um,
0: anyway, let's. What else do we have here? Uh, I don't really have too much more for this song. It's great, great way to end the album. Uh, if this had been their last album, it would have been a would have been a fitting fitting end to their to their career. Oh yeah, a hundred percent. Luckily, we got one more. Yeah, with with an with an even better closer, honestly. Um, Which one's that? (laughs) I've never
1: heard of "Dead Again."
0: (laughs) They did, you know. All but "All Hail and Farewell to Britain" really is like I. It may it can if it hits me in the right mood, I will like get a little emotional hearing that song.
1: Well, I will just based on the (laughs) title alone, because I too want to hail and farewell to Britain. (laughs) Goodbye you awful fucking country. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Nuke it from orbit. It's the only way to be sure. <laughs> yeah, exactly.
1: <laughs> How quickly the planet would heal after that's gone.
0: <laughs> but um yeah, anything else about this one?
1: Uh no. I honestly um I think the overall uh I have to go back to what you had said earlier about um bloody kisses versus this and and I I do think that the you can, I do make a very good point. I think that this is a more consistent album, and it has uh, more frequent high points than I think Bloody Kisses does. Uh, getting Through This One is not really even a getting through. It's constantly a treat. Every song just about reveals something to itself, where you go, God, there's always a, a, a nice trick there. And so it's kind of funny that this is kind of looked at like maybe their their version of, like, goat's head soup or something, you know, one of their, like in the band's eyes, this is looked at as like a, kind of like a bad record or like a, at best a mid, a mid piece record. And it's like, I couldn't disagree more. I think this one's fantastic.
0: Yeah. I think it, I think it goes toe to toe with their other albums from this era. Like I think all the, all the bloody kisses albums and, and on are, they all stand on their own. They're all fucking great. In my opinion,
1: a hundred percent. And, uh, so yeah, no, th- this this is a, a hard recommend. This might be maybe the easiest to get started on, just because there is a lot of songs on there, and so there's the different modes of them are here. Um, I don't think there's anything that's so out there that would turn people away. Yeah. Like, let's say, you know, and it's a little <laughs> bit of everything for everybody, so.
0: I mean, uh, musically anyway, maybe lyrically, there might be some things that might turn people away, but... Like what? I was kidding. I <laughs> think I've already forgotten. <laughs> uh fuck, but yeah, great, great album. I th- I think I made my, my feelings well known. Uh and that uh that invitation to Kenny to come on and uh defend what he said remains yeah. open but would you like to I love that I
1: love the idea of him just being like that shit was sloppy that was terribly written uninspired and then we're just like nah man it was good
0: (laughs) that's all we can say back to that nah uh yeah but have you have you actually listened to uh we are electrocute you should listen to it again man
1: (laughs) trust me pretty good that's that's all we're saying to him and he's just we're treating him like he's a dummy (laughs) yeah (laughs) What are you gay? You know, just like you get know, all like defensive to him.
0: <laughs> he must be woke. That's why he didn't specifically say he liked. I like goyles. He must be woke.
1: Oh no, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, typo negative has fallen. <laughs> <laughs> I love the dramatic <laughs> has fallen. <laughs> like it's a Gerard Butler
0: movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um. So, do you have your your cover? this one, oh, do, you do, want, you want, d- do you want to go first? Or? Yeah, sure. Oh No, you can go first. You do your cover. My cover choice is All the Mad Men, a uh, David Bowie song from the 1971 album, The Man Who Sold the World. So I tell them that I can fly, I will scream, I will break my arm, I will do me harm. Here I stand, foot in hand, Talking to my wall
1: I'm not quite right at all Am I?
0: Don't set me free I'm a heavy I'm not a, I'm not like a David Bowie super fan. I'm pretty casual, but this is like one of his albums that I really do love. And this is like his most like maybe like prog rock, like hard rock feeling album that I've really come across. Again, I'm not a huge fan. I could be, there could be some others from this era that have a similar sound, but, um, this one has, like, a lot of, like, more, like, ex- sort of expansive arrangements, and, you know, it just feels a little little heavier, but it's about insanity, basically. There's, a, there's <laughs> several on this album about that, but this would have been, like, the one era of Bowie that I would have liked to hear them cover.
1: No, that can make a lot of sense because I wouldn't really want to hear him cover too much glam or anything like that. Like I think this part's actually a little more interesting. He hasn't fully solidified his sound yet, so you get to hear him do odd and interesting stuff.
0: Yeah, and I lyrically it would it would fit. Like- yes, a hundred percent.
1: Anything, anything like that.
0: So. That that would be my choice. Uh, yeah, this is from the man who sold the world. So. That's a
1: fucking. That's actually a really good album. I I uh, really like that one a lot.
0: I I really love that album. I, it was between this and Width of a Circle, the first track on that album. Yeah, uh, and of course the title track too, which had but Nirvana already covered that on the Unplugged you, album. They did. See, a great you kind of cover feel of like
1: it would be. You feel like you'd be kind of re- retreading worn territory.
0: Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And honestly, um, I feel like that's maybe not as suited to typo as this or with the circle.
1: Yeah, well i my idea here uh are you done with yours or? Sorry? Yeah, yeah, go ahead right. Okay. um my idea would be for him to cover his playgirl uh mate there. Uh, Jeff Buckley's cover of Hallelujah. Just kidding. <laughs> I couldn't th- I couldn't think of a song I'd rather hear less than that song ever again.
0: Yet another cover of Hallelujah. Yeah, like
1: it was the definitive version was already done by Kate McKinnon as Hillary Clinton after she lost in 2016. <laughs> which was admittedly one of the funniest things I'd ever seen. <laughs> Weirdly enough, it, no one else was laughing, but I thought it was funny.
0: <laughs> that was like the only funny thing SNL has done in years. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but um, uh, my
1: cover is kind of an odd one because when you mentioned The Man Who Sold the World and you have like those two versions to kind of go by, mine kind of has a similar thing. Mine is a 1974 R&B soul song uh, by the group Hot Chocolate called Emma.
0: To find her lying still and cold. But I just can't keep on living on dreams no more I tried so very hard not to leave, you know I just
1: can't keep on trying no more Which is like this uh, strange, bizarre, like very sparse arrangement. Uh, It's got like a simple like riff. I could see them like a like kind of going with it. And it's just this song of a guy talking about a girl he was in love with named Emma who uh, dreams of being a big star. But obviously life gets in the way. It never happens. And she eventually leaves him a suicide note saying she can't live on dreams no more. And it very dramatically at the end, you know, he just screaming like, Emma, you know, and everything. And I'm like, yeah, Peter could do that. And to get kind of a better idea of that, if you pipe the hot chocolate version, like a clip of that in to get a better idea of what I have kind of in mind is Sisters of Mercy used to cover this constantly. This was a frequent part of their live shows. I think they still do it live Um, and they eventually did it. Uh, uh, recorded it as a B-side uh, during Floodland, and when you hear their version, it's much heavier sounding. It's much, it's slowed down. It's more doomy almost, and uh, you know you get Andrew Eldritch like really like just like going hard high, like high level dramatics, and I was <laughs> like, oh my god, they could easily cause like if you could put Josh and Kenny and all them doing something else with this, I could see them taking the the foundation of the song and building something really amazing out of it. This I could totally see them making it their own, so that, that that's that's my choice.
0: I'm gonna look that up. That's I don't think I've heard it.
1: Yeah, because so, like you have to hear the hot chocolate version first, and then hear the Sisters of Mercy version <laughs> and what they did, how far the much they changed it. Imagine where typo goes with nice. that. Hot and
0: chocolate, you get, and,
1: and it would give Peter a really you know most people know them for doing that like you sexy thing song. Oh okay. I believe in miracles. Yeah. Where are you from?
0: Yeah. Yeah, so my recommend for this is a band a lot of people I'm sure have heard of. There's probably a fair amount of crossover, I would imagine, already. Uh Faith No More. Oh. I'm sort of late to the party with this, although I did have uh I did <laughs> I did have the real thing on cassette when I was like Six years old, just because I loved Epic, I fucking loved Epic. I remember seeing them. I'm not sure what it was on. If it was like the MTV Awards or if it was on SNL, do Epic, and I thought Mike Patton was like the coolest guy I'd ever seen. Yeah, yep. yep. Like you know, now you look at it, you're like, he's a little goofy at that at that stage. But
1: (laughs) I remember my mom seeing me. I was watching the video. My mom walks by, she just goes. He looks like Robert Downey Jr. and <laughs> just keep going.
0: Yeah, so I would say uh I'm but yeah, I liked them when I was six, but I liked just Epic. I remember like being so disappointed in that album. It was just too weird for my child mind, but I got <laughs> Well you
1: were you, you weren't in your Bill and Ted phase yet, you know what I mean? <laughs> of being like, whoa, cool about
0: everything. <laughs> i'm definitely in my bill and ted phase now that's why it's hitting me so hard but um yeah yeah. now i'm very into them i really went through a, a faith no more phase for a while i think last year and then i just kind of been dipping back into them but i would say start with angel dust there's some parallels between the two bands that i thought i would point out here uh so both bands had they had a, a hit. Faith No More had "Epic," which was a massive hit, like way mm-hmm. bigger than "Typos with Christian Woman." But they both like had, legit mainstream. Yeah, like yeah, like massive. You know, playing on Saturday Night Live, playing the MTV Music Video Awards, etc. But um, both bands, you know, they have that hit. And then they take a little too long to follow it up, and their follow-up is just a little too ambitious, and it bombs. Angel Dust, not nearly as successful as the real thing, but is seen as sort of a, like, masterpiece now. Kind
1: of like October Rust.
0: Right. Yep, both bands have very, like, unique, charismatic frontman I would say like the uniqueness extends to the rest of the band as well. Like there's no band that really sounds like Faith no more. There's a lot of bands that are inspired by them and take elements from them, but there's no band that sounds like them. And that's the same thing with typo negative. Yeah, I agree uh, with that. Uh but yeah, I would say start with Angel Dust, it's a fucking fantastic record. For crack me,
1: no. shut no, no.
0: no. You get a lot of different styles on this. You get their more like upbeat, funky stuff. You get some really heavy stuff with Mike Patton just screaming his lungs out. Uh it's fucking it's a great album. It took a little while for it to sink into me. The production is very early nineties. It came out in ninety two, so it's very early nineties production. But fuck. Awesome album. Even Definitely the album
1: cover was was begging for it to be overlooked. <laughs>
0: Right, yeah, for sure. It's just like, what is it, like a, a, a swan or something like yeah, that? Yeah, it's just something like weird
1: like that. You're kind of like, yeah. well, I, I don't tell me what that sound like. <laughs> right,
0: yeah. And it I gotta was, think about this? <laughs> and it's just, it's a markedly weirder album than the real thing, which is kind of a weird album, too. Well, e- e- even but,
1: the main single for that was like Midlife Crisis, and that song is a very strange song.
0: Yeah, definitely. In terms of,
1: as far as a single goes, it's a good song, but it's just a weird choice. You're like, within a minute of that, I'm like, I already could feel half the room get lost.
0: I didn't, I didn't really like Faith No More for for a long time. I just, I didn't get it. You know, everyone was like, oh, they're amazing. Mike Patton's a genius, blah, blah, blah. I was sort of like, yeah, I can, I can respect the craft and the technical ability, but it just did nothing for me. Then for whatever reason, funny enough, I think it was playing GTA five midlife <laughs> crisis is in, on one of the radio stations. And I remember just like cruising around in GTA five and hearing that oh, and being like, wait, his voice
1: is doing that at the beginning.
0: Yeah. And just like the, that there's another parallel there with the synths, like the, the keys yeah, are very, very prominent on, on this and sort of like Josh's keys. They're a and little like, bit not, I don't, I don't want to say stock or like cheap sounding, but they don't sound like maybe as like, they sound very digital synthesized yeah. versions of instruments and stuff. So, yeah, and I don't know. Like,
1: and, and like, and uh, like, mm-hmm. and one of the other things, I don't know if it's a similarity or not, but I'd like to imagine it is their keyboard player was gay. <laughs>
0: I'm just assuming Josh was gay because look at him. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, but he he actually was, and and it was like in a time where like that was actually kind of a and not yeah. because we're trying to be progressive. It's just like nah, the dude's good in the in the band. Like why would we throw him out? You know. So he just right. kind of like Roddy Bottom. Right
0: <laughs> Roddy yeah. Bottom is his name. He came out in '92 also, which is I mean, funny like
1: because a, a naughty bottom. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that yeah, Angel Dust has that uh fucking song where that he wrote the lyrics to where he might makes Mike Patton sing about sucking dick and swallowing cum. So <laughs> I aggressive? fucking love that.
1: Yeah. <laughs> and the fact that Mike's like, cool, I'll do it, man. I don't care.
0: Right. And he puts his whole fucking ass into it too. <laughs> like he's just like he Yeah, he really he delivers the goods on that performance. So but yeah, they're yeah, they're I, a really great band. I'm not for me. They never. I I could change my mind about this because I said the same thing about October Rust. They never really topped Angel Dust for me, but uh great band. I'm sure. I'm sure there's a lot of people who are listening to this who have listen to them already and are familiar but if you and, if you and have and you don't like them, them. <laughs> give it a shot <laughs> yeah.
1: i find them not, i find i know like there's
0: a very specific kind
1: of guy faith no more or anything by mike patton doesn't have the casual it has the hardcore where you'll get immediately told about 11 bands you've never heard of that he's apparently a part of right do you have every have you heard this from phantom House? have you heard that from tomahawk have you heard this from you know
0: <laughs>
1: you're like oh do jesus <laughs>
0: yeah
1: exactly and it's like yes 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 <laughs> oh shit so my recommend is gonna i'm just going backwards just because uh i don't really have uh much of anything like the album didn't have a theme or uh or anything going with it And so I just kind of want to go for something that I just think really kicks ass and is really great. And I decided to use the chameleons, specifically the album script of the bridge, their debut record from 1983. Um, I just think every song on there is a fucking killer, uh, just beautifully written, uh, fantastic lyrics, um, gorgeous production, a really great use of a lot of guitar effects, keyboards, and, um. It's just it's just a fantastic post punk record, like start to finish. Uh, it's deeply atmospheric. It, it very it's very evocative. It gives you this constant feeling of like longing, like a melancholy that kind of hangs over you and follows you around. And it kind of it suits even in the lyrics, like even a slight song like uh, like here today, which I when I remember reading it, going what the hell is this? And then I read that apparently that was them writing about the uh, assassination of John Lennon. Oh, okay. I did not know that. And that's what the lyric is. I don't know what happened, mm-hmm. but somebody lost their mind tonight. I don't know what happened, but I don't think I got home tonight. There's blood oh, on my wow. shirt. Damn. Yeah. And I was like, oh shit. And then the last part mm-hmm. of that song is just, I'm going, I'm draining away over and over again. As the <laughs> song fades away. And I was like, fuck dude. That's just something about that. Just feels so sad. But, uh, and that song has like the MVP of that is something, something actually I actually, I could see type O actually doing would be, um, the song second skin which is kind of about near-death experiences and stuff, and it's just a really beautiful song, but I could see them almost covering it in a way. Um, although I don't know if you could slow it down because it's already kind of a snail's pace, but yeah, that's the one I would... If I would use a clip from, I think that would be the one. <laughs>
0: Script of the Bridge is a great album, <laughs> though. I really do. I That's the I, that's the only album of theirs I've really checked out. I think I, I got the next one as well, you know, back when I was doing my post-punk, you know, education. But uh, Script of the Bridge None is the, of the one others that stands me. for me.
1: Like, the last, the third one, that Strange Times, that's got, like, a handful of killer songs. Like, I think uh, Tears, both versions of that... And, like, Swamp Thing are amazing. And it has a really good cover of Tomorrow Never Knows. But uh, only script of the bridge gets me start to finish. And I think the song Paper Tigers is about them getting in a fight with Killing Joke at a stage.
0: Yeah, you told me that. And
1: I and, and he wrote, like, how really much he was. fucking hates them, apparently. And I thought that was really funny.
0: <laughs> yeah, that is really funny. But shit, um, dude. Um, but, yeah, so I think that's it for this episode. Uh, mission accomplished yeah a fitting way to end this actually since it was 2003 uh but yeah thanks for listening uh make sure to like and subscribe tell your friends about the show now watch
1: this drive